Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hello, dear lovely souls, and thank you for joining us this evening on another episode of Hot Topic Tuesdays on three-time national award-winning POET Radio. And my name is Matt Spezia. I'm joined by an absolutely extraordinary group of people here tonight. I got Miss Benita Offset in the building. And I hey, got, I'm right here. And I How's everybody? Got, oh, we're doing great. Um, and we got the legendary Dub C's joining us from Florida this evening. That's all right. That's right. That's right. We also kicking the Facebook Live, so we're going to have some viewers that's coming on. We got a very, very, very interesting topic tonight, you all. Yeah, we absolutely do. So tonight we are taking on a very pressing and growing topic that is something that I feel very adamantly needs to be addressed, and that's suicide prevention. So that's what we'll be covering, you know, the first half of the show, and then we'll be visiting, you know, not only your viewer questions, but a little bit more on our adaption topic from uh, our previous broadcast. So uh, right. before we get into this topic, I want to check in with the team real quick, see how everybody's doing. Miss Benita, how are you this evening? I'm doing very well. I am relaxed and restful and had a good day at work today, and so I'm here. And no complaints. Well, that's great. Um, and I'll be, you know, still coming down from that hike, from coming up to Chicago and coming back, you know, in just a few months. There'll be an announcement about that. Uh, so you're going to have to stay tuned for that. But uh, it was great seeing you up there. And I'm glad to see that we're still moving forward with you on the team and everything. Thank you so much. How you doing, Doug? Man, I'm all right, you know, staying busy as usual, you know, working working hard, you know, on my regular job, but still staying focused on my goals with the music and, you know, just doing things to um to keep um keep the team moving forward, you know. It's no I and team, so, you know, it, it's an I and unit, so we're, we're a team unit, so we're going to keep it moving forward like that. Of course, you know, I'm doing the Saturday um, show, the Sunday show with, with uh, Max Spasia, and we also um, bringing in um, our little brother um, Titan the Poet. He's going to be our co-producer of the, um, the Underground Power Hour show from now. On. So me and Matt, you know, we we bonding on some other tips too. <laughs> and it's amazing. It's always good to um, surround yourself with people of like you know like-minded situations. I have been getting a lot more notifications about you lately. So your <laughs> ambition and movement and upwardly mobileness is definitely obvious. I see it in you, bro. You are absolutely 100% busy. I try to be. They say, they say an idle mind that leaves room for um, sinister thoughts. So I try to keep my keep my mind moving in other directions. Mm-hmm. Well, you moving, brother. Absolutely. Brother Matt, what's, too. Hold on, I got, Matt, 
Well, yeah, because Matt, Matt be, Matt, Matt's pretty busy too. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So as you guys know, I try to stay insanely busy and, you know, only sleep like three, four hours a night. I was blessed to get three and a half last night. It's pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> And woke up this morning, got to uh, go do a live radio interview. That'll air again on actual radio at 5 o'clock in Lauren um, tomorrow. And then, you know, got put in charge of the Poetry and Absence Kansas chapter. So that's going to be every first Friday of the month we'll be doing a show at Prohibition Hall. Then I was also put in charge of the Faces by Mayfield Poetry Series here at Topeka, so I'm in charge of bringing in features, putting that show together, organizing the dinner that goes with that, and doing all that lovely stuff. And um, tomorrow I'm performing on the states of, on the steps, excuse me, of the state capitol building, talking about education reform in the state of Kansas. So not only am I getting mm-hmm. to do a lot with my artistry, I'm getting to do more and more with my activism. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's, it's been busy. But uh, enough of my soliloquy in over here. Um, we got to get into this topic. So tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are discussing suicide prevention. And this is a topic that can really hit home to a lot of people. I myself lost a friend in my sophomore year of high school named Dakota Hincheck to suicide. Um, so this is a rather touchy topic with me. And you know, you can always reach out to your local organization in the state of Kansas. The one you need to get with is Words Save Lives. It's responsible for funding the Kansas Suicide Prevention Hotline. It does uh, concert series all over the state, does poetry series, and all of the money raised from those events go into paying the operators and, you know, paying the technical people to keep that Kansas Suicide Prevention Line running. Because in the state of Kansas, that's not a government program. Um, it used to be, and that's why Word Save Lives got started, because Kansas changed how they were going to fund it. It was no longer going to be a governmental thing providing a service. It was now a private entity. And as you can imagine, it's pretty hard to you know, convince sponsors to get behind that. So we took to the streets. We started doing these concert series and everything. And now Word Save Lives has been running for three years um, to write love on her arms is a really nice national organization that I also work with. And they have people on Twitter all the time to answer messages. They have a phone line you can call, and that, again, is to write love on her arms. And they are always there. And what I really like about that organization is they have a social media presence. So you can always reach out to their page, and they respond within two, three minutes. And once you get a hold of them, they you know, are constantly messaging you, and they got people that stay there. So I just wanted to get that general information out, but we'll delve deeper into the topic um, as we move along. So um, I'll swing this over to Benita to get her opening thoughts on it. Suicide is um, something that is definitely a concerning thing. I mean, very simply, it's to kill self. And so as much as we love our people, our friends, our family, Um, The last thing we want to do is to harm them, and we absolutely definitely would not want them to harm themselves. But it's that thing, that thought, the action that comes when a person feels as if they have no other choices, no other opportunities. And, And there are some kind of key strategies that people can notice. Um, There's all kinds of different videos and movies and 
little after-school special things that have come out to try and alert people so that they can be more aware of when those situations happen. And being a social worker, I have, by trade, seen a lot of these different movies and picked up these um, notices or read different information about it. Um, But instead of, you know, we can get into some of it today or tonight on the call, absolutely, but there's probably going to be a lot that we don't get into. So uh, one of the things I definitely would encourage people to do is uh, Google, of course, is you can get on there and get suicide prevention hotline calls. People, there's actually people you could pick up the phone and you could call somebody and there'll be somebody on the other line who's trained and ready to communicate with you and help you through if you're having that kind of feeling. It's basically just a depression that won't go away. It's like, so it's on the on the road to harming yourself, along that road is depression, frustration, frust- you know, irritation, bothersome, things that just keep getting worse and worse and worse, the way you're feeling about things, but then, and you not doing anything about it. So one of the best ways of preventing you getting to that point is to get help when you need help. Like, keep in mind that not only does your body need to be healed, you know, if you break your leg, you go to the doctor and get it cast, but if your mind gets sad about something. You need mental health as well as you need physical health. And so making sure that your mental is as healthy as your physical, I think is where I'd like to start with that. But right now, while we're on the call, I'm looking up different um, suicide hotline numbers and making sure that I can offer that out to the people, you know, whoever is listening. Exactly. I want I want to address, I want to address um right now we got um we got some viewers on Facebook Live because we also outside um you can call in and share your thoughts but we also have people that's viewing um via Facebook Live um and I just want to I just want to let you know that um tonight's topic is one of those serious topics and I I know I have I know I have a lot of viewers that that will be viewing in from um, Green Bay Wisconsin you know friends and family and actually one of the things that made me um decide to do this topic was something that's going on that seemed like a, a, a unstopping epidemic in Green Bay right now, you know. I know a lot of people that's there and just a few a few weeks ago, um a young a young a young guy um took his own life, you know. And it just goes to show you that you can see a person, you can talk to a person, and unless you really know how to look for those signs and more those warning signs um, you really, you really wouldn't know what's going, what a person's going through. That's why they say, be careful what you say to a person. Be careful how you handle a person's um, feelings because you never know what that person's, what's, what's on the, on their mind or, or what they're going through. And and your your slight like disrupt or whatever could push them over there. That's what every morning, if anybody follow me during the daytime on my way to work at five in the morning, four in the morning, whenever I leave, the first thing I do, I get on Facebook. And I say good morning to everybody. I say I hope everybody have a blessed day because you never know when that will be your last, and you never know if your good morning to somebody stops them from going over the edge. Um, but um, I, I just I, I needed to address this because the, the, the guy who took his, um, his wife was a friend of my niece, and she was very hurt. So it's not only does the person take their life, but it's their friends and family that's left behind to have to deal with it. So, you know, and 
some of the another thing that I'm gonna reveal about myself is a lot of people never really know or they just see a musician or artist or sing, you know. But it's more to me than that. And back some years ago when I lived in Green Bay, I actually worked at the um, new community um, shelter, the homeless shelter, and there was classes that I had to take in order to stay there. And one um was had to do with suicide prevention, and I became a C what they call a CPR gatekeeper. Only a few people may know what that is. But it's, it's basically knowing if I had to know the warning signs. I had to know those signs. And and my job was to, to, to get the questions. It was like to question them, persuade them, and refer. You know, that's basically what the CPR stands for, you know, just like a gatekeeper. But it was, it was that was one of the things outside of CPR that I learned. But I feel that's more – that's more usable because every day, if you actually check statistics, man, every day we, we lose so many people every every day that in Wisconsin alone, suicide rate three times greater than um, homicide in the state. And that, that's really bad when so many people would rather take their own life. You know, it's really bad. Eight times greater than the death that's caused by HIV. So we – we we as a whole we need to um, address this issue. You know, I I I, li- I basically live on Facebook. I do a lot of my promotions on Facebook, and I see certain posts and everything up. And there's a lot of youth that's going through things, and they have nobody to talk to. They have nobody to turn to, and it, and it's usually it's sad. But this year is usually around Christmas, the holidays like this. It's when you see it the most because this is when families come together. And this is the time that that pain for not having certain family members or not having a family at all tends to kick in. So I'm really I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And if anybody got any anything they need to voice on Facebook, you can type it in, or you can actually call the number. The number's on the flyer. But if you don't have the number, the number is seven two four 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 seven four four four. And use the um the um pass the um the numbers three one five five nine three one five five with the the pen as one. Um, but um this this is a, this is a deep topic, man. You know, and I mean, Matt, what's your thought on? It? I can go on forever and ever, but I I have to stop myself. So, Matt, what's your thought on this? Yeah, um, on your warning signs, you know, a lot of people may not understand what depression looks like. Depression comes in a lot of different forms. And I think that's something a lot of people overlook when people stereotypically hear the word depression. And this is the way that it affects people. I'm not saying that's not true. You know, people see, you know, down sullen behavior, you know, irregular sleeping and or eating patterns. Um, It can even affect, you know, interactions, you know, limiting interactions or completely eliminating them. And it's something that a lot of people don't understand. It's like they're not necessarily just withdrawing. That could be a bigger symptom. But anxieties, you know, obsessions, um, yeah. you know, rigid, like unyielding rigidness in routines. Like, I do this right now. I do this right now. Like, that obsession to, you know, scheduling or cleanliness, things like that can also be signs of very vapid depression. Because, it's, you know, this is something they can use to regulate it. This is the way it goes like this is because it has to go that way. And if it doesn't, you know, that's when you start to see, you know, the stereotypical signs of depression manifest themselves. So it's, it's a very, another sign is like when you don't want to, when you don't want to participate, you know, like you just rather sleep. So you, you, you come home and sleep, you get up, it's 
You want to sleep. You want to, when you're at work, you'd rather be at home sleeping. You stay in the bed, like, easily. Or if you if your bouts of sadness are extended periods of time, that's also another concern. So it's like it makes sense that if somebody, you lost a loved one and you've been sad for a few weeks or something like that, but if six months has passed and you haven't been able to, you know, get back to some, some state of normalcy. Exactly. So those those two things are, are um, long, 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 long periods of sadness, but then also like so sad that you can't get out the bed. And and I think a lot of our people are conflicted with this. You know, when you're dealing with um, poverty, uh, racism, oppression, it's very difficult not to be sad. Very very difficult. Yeah, absolutely. But um, so we gotta you get have to come. Yeah. Well, I just w- wanted to say it. You gotta kind of figure out like, are you so? So I don't want for people to feel like, oh, am I am I depressed or am I sad or am I just dealing with all of the weight of life? You know, like a black man in the United States dealing with police brutality and so on. It makes sense for that person to be sad. So if you're ever conflicted or you're not sure what you're going through, then it would be a good idea to um, seek out the services of a mental health professional. Yeah, you understand absolutely. what I'm saying, Matt? Okay. Yeah you, yeah, you have to know, you know, not what only is right for that person, but what's right for yourself at times. But um, mm-hmm. I want to get in, mm-hmm. right. I want to get these uh, callers involved. Let's see what well, they yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Right, Mary Rogers has been hanging out with us for a minute. How you doing this evening? If you want to tell us where you're calling from. Hello. Oh, I'm calling from Chicago. Good evening. Well, welcome on to POET Radio, Mary. Uh, what are your thoughts on tonight's topic? Well, I thought I would chime in because um, I work with people from all walks of life. So I thought maybe I would pick up on some things I don't know or signs to look for because it's a literally a shelter for women and children. And I'm constantly watching because I want to be aware so that I can help if I need the help. Yeah. So this is so what are some of those, yeah, what are um some of the um signs or behaviors that you've seen exhibited in people what that catch- may be at a risk what for suicide. catches my attention with the women that I work with every day, it could be different types of attitudes. One minute they're um, communicating, the next minute they're angry. And I have to keep in mind that you just, like I heard mentioned earlier, you just never know what someone's going through. So I watch. And when I heard about this topic, I said, well, maybe I can pick up or learn something or anything that will help me to do my job every day. Something, anything. Numbers. I I see you guys posted numbers. And, yeah, I see a lot every day different from different women every day. And sometimes it's sad. Yeah. It's sad. That kind of experience is what we want to talk about. So I'm going to swing this over to my team and get their thoughts on this. Uh, Benita? I uh, watched this TV show, not TV show, it was like a little 
after school special type of thing when I was younger. And uh, I don't know, I think I watched it after I became a social worker. But anyway, there was this part in the movie where the kid, the student, he was maybe about 16 or something like that, and he started giving away all of his prized possessions. He's like, oh, here, you can have this, you can have that. He even gave away all his books out of his locker. He just gave everything away. And for me, that was a surefire sign that he had finally made a decision about what he was going to do with his life, which was to end his life. And I remember having a discussion with folks about it afterwards, and they were like, no, they didn't even recognize that at first. So it's one of those... It's one of those signs that's like when you see a person just giving everything away and it's not for, and they don't have a rationale or a reason behind it. Like, for instance, say if you're cleaning up your house and you're like, man, I've been holding on to this stuff too long. I need to try and make my life better. And so I'm going to create more space for other things in my life. And then that's why they're giving it away. Then that's understandable. That makes sense. But if it's something that you know is a prized possession of theirs, and they're just like, here, huh, you can have it, because they've already decided they don't need it anymore. Cause... So that that that's definite sign. Um, but those websites that I put on there, I put the Jason Foundation organization. He was a, uh, his son, the guy, Jason, is a child who committed suicide, and unfortunately he was successful at it. But his father, um, it it, it, it hurt his father so bad, but what his father wanted to do was to use it as an opportunity to help others not go through that. And so he um, created a whole foundation that works very hard to eradicate suicide altogether. And so they definitely probably have a list that you can look at. And when I'll, I'll go to one of my teammates, and then I'll go to the website and see if I can come up with a a list that I can just read aloud on the air. Um, that, But in other things, like I said earlier in the call, it's just regular, like, deep, deep depression, sadness. But, see, the thing is, people can cover up their sadness, too. You know, they can make themselves look like they're not depressed. You know, you could you could come home and be in the bed all day, but you could be out there working. The same way we have working alcoholics or functioning, what we call functioning alcoholics, and you don't really know that they're coming home and they're doing drugs like 24 hours a day or the same with like smoking cocaine or crack or something like that. We we have a lot of people who work through their – this more than a vice if it gets to that point. I'm, I'm trying to think of a word to say, but – Functional, addicts, mm-hmm. functional alcoholics. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, for instance, um, you, you could be really, really depressed and not getting the uh, a proper help. I think in your situation where you actually are seeing the ladies on a regular basis and you having regular conversations with them, and if you see that they're, you know, if you don't see any concerns, then there may not be any, but you make sure that the ladies know, listen, anytime you need a talk, I'm here. Anytime you need help with anything, I'm here. You know, keeping an open-door policy so that if they do have some concerns, they know where to go. And then you keep different stuff around because maybe they might not want to talk with you about it, but they see a pamphlet and they can grab it and read it and go get some help maybe from somebody else. You see what I'm saying? That's what I literally started out doing, just leaving pamphlets around Mm -hmm. because I'm aware not everyone knows how or wants to open up. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
But if you, have, if you keep an open door policy, then, you know, eventually when mm-hmm. they feel comfortable. Yeah. That's why this topic caught my think? attention. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe Dove can help you out, too. You might have some ideas. Yeah, basically what I was, um, I was sitting there and I was thinking, you know, a lot of times you can, you, if, if you, if I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm what they call just an overbearing observer. I observe everything. I can tell you who in my neighborhood drives what car, what time they go, because I, I'm not nosy. I'm just very observant. So when I'm around people, it don't take me, it don't take me long to figure out their character just like that. So the person that I am, I can look at a person, I can tell the mood they're in, I can tell if it's a phony smile or if it's a genuine smile. And a lot of times people try to put that facade of, oh, yeah, I got this going on. I, you know, people try to cover up a lot of sadness with that I'm not happening, I'm, I'm what's happening, you know, it's me, it's all about me. But then that's, that's really the detrimental um, version because, when nobody else is around, there's nobody to prove that they're all that. So now they really fall into a deeper depression, and there's nobody there for them to to give this other person that they portray and to be. There's nobody there to help bring that out. So they're sitting and they're really thinking. I mean, it's, it's, it's so many different ways. You know, you can just look at the change. Like you said, mood swings, you, people's appearance. It could be a person that can be as neat as, I mean, the neatest person you know, depression starts to turn them into a different, into a different angle. You know, they start getting kind of sloppy. You start knows like, man, you know, everything about him has changed. You know, his hygiene has been went down. You know, his, his appearance just not what it was. So something's going on. You know, it's, it's just various things, but it's basically in the conversation. A person conversation to tell you a whole lot, and that's why when I talk to people, I make a lot of people nervous because I look them in the eye. When I talk to people, I look them in the eye because I was always taught you can tell what what a person is about to do if you look them in the eye while they're talking. So you look a person in the eye, and they can't look at you. You know, they got to keep looking down. They nervous about something. Something's bothering them, or or you know, it's just it's just they 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 just don't see see life as they used to see it. And it's, it's it's very sad that it gets to that point, and it's, it's, that's why we're speaking on it, because we, we ourselves are trying to figure out different ways that we can address it, different ways we can notify these things, different things and different ways that we can do something about it, uh-huh. because we're losing too many people to such a, um, a useless cause. Absolutely, Dubs. I have to agree with you um, and Benita for that matter. But Mary, we very much so appreciate your input and your worldly experience and you calling in to share that with us this evening. And thank you. I'm listening and I'm going to be listening to the show. Well, thank you very much. We hope you keep hanging out in the building with us. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mary Roberts hanging out with us. But uh, we got to swing this over real quick. We're going to go to the uh, CEO and founder of POET, Mr. Black Ice is in the building. Thank you so much, brother, um, for that. I'm going to say peace and blessings to my sister, Benita Allset, and my brother legend of Chicago hip-hop, um, brother Dub C's. Um, again, hey, 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 hey. I'm glad to hear my sister, Mary Rogers. The last name is Rogers. Brother Matt Spees, <laughs> uh, she's uh, she's an uh, administrator on our Truth Hour Bible Radio show page, and we just had a wonderful, wonderful show. Um, 
you know, I'm glad that you guys have tackled this topic on um, on suicide, you know, and the spirit of suicide and those things are, that are involved with it. And Dub sees I'm glad that you hit on depression and some of the other things also as well. Um, you know, back in the day, you remember they used to say, well, if you commit suicide, God don't forgive that. You know, you can't, there's no forgiveness for suicide, you know. But um, from a biblical perspective, even suicide, um, when it's done, uh, and, you know, you've had ministers and pastors commit suicide before, but, you know, when the person who commits that act don't have the knowledge of what he or she is doing, then that's something a little bit different. You know, mm-hmm. people may think, well, man, the world would be better without me in it. Let me end this life right now. Or they may think that there is no more hope. Let me end my life right now. Or I'm useless or whatever the case may be. Let me end my life right now. And that's what we have to come in at as spoken word artists and as mentors and as speakers to let people know that um, it's okay to feel like that from time to time. But you have to understand that you're not the only one that feels like that or have felt like that before. I felt like that before also as well. When my son died, that ran across my mind, you know, and I had to make a decision and I had to make a choice. Do I give up? Do I roll over and do I just give up on life or do I use this experience? Do I use this hurting? Do I use this pain to try to reach someone else and to tell my experience and my testimony, not about just what I'm going through, but how I'm dealing with what I'm going through. It's not about what you're going through. It's how you deal with what you're going through. And that's what we as poets and as writers and as speakers do. We tell our testimony. We let it out. We get it off of our chest. And it's good that the poet organization mentors in the public school system so that in our workshops, and you'll see the videos if you go on YouTube, that every child that comes into this program has a homework assignment of coming back to tell their story through spoken word and through poetry and through hip-hop. Do you know what that does for them to be able to release this hurt and this pain, whether it be through art or, or um, poetry or singing or rapping or, or just, just speaking it out? It's, it's, it's self-healing. It's self-therapy. And it's not only self-therapy, but it's therapy for those who are listening because your neighbor has no idea. Your classmate has no idea what you've been dealing with at home. And they're looking at you and they say, man, you deal with all of that, but you still come to school every day? You dealt with all that and you still dressing nice when you come to school? You dealt with all that and you still got your hair done? It's Mm -hmm. the power. Mm -hmm we got to begin to encourage people to share their stories, their trials, their tribulations, and the thing that, things that went on with them. So I'm glad that you're talking about this particular subject today because this is even a forum for those people who are feeling like that right now to call in and to share their story as to why they feel the way they feel and then for, for them to receive encouragement. So, man, I want to give big ups to you all tonight for this subject. And black, what black also shared reminds me of protective factors. So we have warning signs, but we also have protective factors. I've heard uh, Dr. Carl Bell, if you want to Google him, talk about this a lot. So there's a lot of different things within our community 
our family, our friends. There's certain things that help protect us from some of these risks, you know, these things that harm us, like um, maybe a protective factor for a black when he was talking about his own situation might be other family members, friends, um, or his desire to want to heal and help the community. Um, maybe somebody else might feel a protective factor might be their grandmother who every day is saying something beautiful to them like, hey, baby, come over and have some chicken. You know, there's a lot of different things that are just already put on on earth within us that get overlooked, but they are there in a way that basically offers healing. And sometimes it's those little things that add up that cause a person to maybe change their mind or go a different way or some of those protective factors can help. And, and, to add to what you're, and to add to what you're saying, Sister Benita, what we have to begin to do is to tell all the truth. See, we tell the truth that is, is ear-tickling. We tell the truth that is acceptable. But what about the truth that's not acceptable? And the truth is, at some point, we're all going to die. At some point, we're all going to go through trouble. It's not a matter of if you're going to go through trouble. It's a matter of when you're going to go through trouble. We're all going to have a bad day. We're all going to have a relationship that we break up from. We're all going to lose somebody that's close to us. Why don't we start telling our children the truth so that we can prepare them to deal with these things when those things come down the pipe? Somebody told me the other day, man, I, I, I hate rainy days. I said, well, rainy days serve a purpose. Yeah. Because you, how would you know what a sunny day was unless there was a rainy day? How right. would you know what a good day was unless there was a bad day? So and without the rain, bad, where do you get the flowers or the growth or the grass absolutely. or the green? You need it all. These things serve purpose in your life. You have to have some failures. You have to have some knockdowns. If Michael Jordan would never have been cut from his high school basketball team, he wouldn't have needed to work hard to prove that he was good enough to make the team. And his good enough was the best in the world. But it all started with that high school coach that said, hey, son, you're not good enough. We're cutting you from the team. So we got to be honest with people to let them know that that these things that they're experiencing in life is a part of the process, not only part of the process, but God wants you to go through what you're going through in order for you to get to where he wants you to be. All right. On that note, I got to address it. We got, um, if, you, if you're viewing this from Facebook Live, you're tuning into the three-time national award-winning POEC radio, and we're, this is Hot Topic Tuesday, and the topic is just, it's a phenomenal topic that really needs to be addressed, and we're talking about suicide, the prevention, the warnings, the signs, and if anyone that's watching in a, in a room has, you know, anything that they'd like to say, feel free to call us or you can type in and I'll share your thoughts. But um, this, this is just a subject that really needs to be addressed because back in my back in Green Bay where I come from, it's just it's it's floating around like just like a like an epidemic, like water balloons just dropping everywhere. You know, I'm watching Facebook, I'm watching everybody post, and it's really it's really saddening to me. The young the young football player that took his life a few weeks ago, no one knew he was what he was going through. Everybody thought he was happy because he was a star football player. He went and took his life. The the young gentleman that I that I personally know, I saw his post 
a few days ago. Well, yesterday, actually, I saw his post, and I was, I was really hoping I invited him to call in because I really wanted him to share with me so I can share with him as well. But um, just to see his post of what he was saying he wanted to do, how he felt, that broke me down because I wasn't standing right next to him to try and help him. But I did offer him conversation, you know, and, and the door's still open, man, but I'm just hoping that somebody gets something out of this topic being discussed tonight other than just hearing hearing what's said, you know. Don't hear us, actually hear us, uh, Matt. Yeah, um, I want to comment on one of Black Ice's points. Um, he said that we need to start preparing kids. Something my grandma always said kind of feels like kind of poignant and fitting right here. She said, when somebody passes away by whatever means, you have to remember the important things about them, not the tragedy. And I think that's something that's really, you know, I've you know, lost somebody to suicide, and that was something that I really thought about in dealing with that. It was, you know, remembering him for what we did together and everything like that. It wasn't remembering the tragedy. So um, that was just what I wanted to comment on Black Eyes' point about. Okay. But uh, let's get back to these call lines. Black Eyes, you're more than welcome to hang out with us if you want to. So uh, we're going to bring Illinois in the building. Illinois, you're live on the line. If you want to tell us who you are and where you're calling from. Illinois. Uh, They might just be hanging out in the building with us. To keep this moving, we'll come back to them, see if we can't get a hold of them. Uh, California, you're live in the building. If you want to tell us who you are and where you're calling from. California, you're live in the building. How can we help you? Hey, what's happening, family? This is Titan from Southern Cali. Uh, What's up, Titan? Hey, Titan. Hey, what's happening, sis? Bruh, bruh. Hey, what's up, big bro? You got it. You got I'm glad it. you. Got, I'm glad you guys are having this topic tonight, and it just fit my head back in the time back when I was a teenager, and I remember I got real sick one time to the point I was in the hospital, and I felt like I was dying, and it was. I remember just crying out in agony, you know, God, just let let me die, you know, and it just, it was, it was a troubling time. And I've had many days like that when I've just looked at my overall self and overall state of being and just wondered why am I still here? And in my teens, I actually, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to end my life. But God stepped in and said, look at where, look, and told me, look at where you've been and look at where you are now. Why would, why would you want to end with what with, with you have going on when I have so much more for you in store? And so with, with God personally putting that in me, I never wanted to, to commit suicide again. And as I'm older now, I realize that part of me that wanted to commit suicide was not was not me at all. That was the enemy saying, you know, you you don't need this. You need to go ahead and just end it and step off or whatever. You know, the world would be better without you. But I know better now that I'm older and 
I have a little more story to tell. And through my story, somebody else can be moved and realize that they do have more to offer this world. And it's not about the people around you. It is about you and what you can do for the world as a whole, you know. So, I mean, there there is going to be people out there listening, and I hope you're listening and listening to to what I have to say and what everybody else has to say, but there is purpose. There is a reason why you wake up in the morning. You might wake up in pain, but some of us didn't wake up at all. So take that pain and put it towards something positive and be able to do something to motivate the next person because, you know, we're supposed to be here to look out for one another, you know. So that that's just that's just a little bit of my story. I probably will get on Facebook Live tomorrow and give give a, a more in-depth and detailed background behind the person that I am and who I am today because of what I used to be. So, um, you know, look out for that tomorrow. But um, as for tonight's topic, suicide is an unfortunate thing because so many people get caught up in the darkness that they don't realize there is light inside of that darkness that acquires and requires their attention. So, um, you know, there are people and hotlines and everything out there that is beneficial to everyone. And I just encourage you, if you are in that state of being right now, just encourage you to reach out and, and it's going to make you vulnerable, but that vulnerability will lead to an awakening. So I encourage you all to reach out and, um, you know, do something about it because ment mental health um, is nothing to fool around with, you know. From what, I, from what I've witnessed, from what I've been through, it is nothing to play around with. So if you can get that help, get that help. And if somebody won't listen, Keep knocking at the door until they let you in and, and do something to help you. What's up? That's absolutely what's up, man. And, you know, man, that's that's something that we I think we need to address. It's you know, when we are when we're feeling that way, if we do feel that way, it's okay to not only admit it, but it's okay to grow from it. It's it's part of being human is to feel at loss. And sometimes that loss can be, you know, a little bit overpowering, but you have to be able to grow from it and become a stronger person. So I'm really, I'm really grateful that you got on the air and shared that story with us tonight. Oh, no problem. No problem. Like I said, you know, through my story, I hope that reaches somebody that might not realize that they, they have something to offer or they have something to, to grow from. So, you know, it don't think for one second that, oh, nobody knows how I'm feeling. Trust and believe somebody will know exactly what you're going through and how, how to deal with it. So all you have to do is make yourself vulnerable. And through that vulnerability, you can, you can heal from it. Absolutely. Like, let's hear from the team a little bit. Ms. Benita, what did you think of uh, Titan Storage Night? Titan story reminds me of a time when I was in graduate school and I was really feeling some type of way and I was driving past Lakeshore Drive and it was just oh so beautiful. And then it just caused me to like think about should I what if I decided to just keep on riding right on into the lake and then something just shook me instantly. It's like I realized, ooh, that's like a suicidal thought. But 
the thing is that it could happen to anybody, anytime, any place. You know, this world is full. And I'm in graduate school to become a social worker at the time. So you would think that I would know all about mental healing and ways to keep myself nice and healthy. And so that's my point in sharing that story, that it could happen anytime, any place to anybody. The other thing I want to say in response to Titan's story is that sometimes when you're seeking help and you're at that vulnerable spot and you don't know whether or not you can trust the person that you're going to talk to or you don't feel comfortable talking to, say, X, you have the right to say to X, you know what, X, I don't feel comfortable talking with you. I'd rather talk with somebody else. Will you please help me find? And every trained professional is never, ever, ever supposed to force themselves on a person. So if I was the clinician and Titan came to me and he said, I'd rather deal with a man than a woman, I am not going to take it personally. I will help him find a man who can help him. You see what I'm saying? So we we are trained to to be in a position to help you no matter what it takes. So mental health is a little bit different than physical health. You know, if you go to the doctor and you have the right to pick which doctor you want to help you, but if you're if you're laying there dying and you've been shot up several times and you want whatever doctor is able and available, right, it's a little bit different. But if you're about to reveal a bunch of vulnerable parts to you and you want to be with, you know, you, you want to be with somebody that you can build a good relationship with and you want to be with somebody you can trust. So, And hopefully you can get that mental healing prior to it being a crisis state where you don't have a you know, you don't want to push yourself to a position where you have to take whatever there is on the table, you know, that point where you've been shot up mentally so many times that you're in a crisis situation. So mm-hmm. hopefully if you're ever feeling – and I have a a sister who's a social worker, and she says, I think everybody should consider therapy. So saying that uh, – you know, I'm, I'm I'm definitely open to other people's opinions. Dubsies. Yeah. Um, I I think um, what I got from Titan, you know, it's just um, first of all, make sure that when you get ready to do um, when you get ready to um, go live with that, make sure you tag me because I I wanna I wanna watch that from beginning to end. I don't care what I'm doing, I'm gonna watch that because um, there's like I said, it's a lot of different things that that I've um I've seen over the course of my life and, and and like you said, everybody at some point has thought it, felt that way in some form. Myself, I've actually I've actually been to that point, you know, I'm not afraid to talk about my past. I was in prison at one point and then when they were told me what I was facing, I was just like, Man, you know, if I'm on, if I'm sitting here looking at three class X felonies, six to thirty, I'm never getting out. I was like, so if I ain't never getting out, I don't care about nothing. You know, at that point, I had given up on everything, everything. I ran the girl with my baby away. I ran her away. I didn't want to be by. I didn't want nothing connected to me, period, because I didn't want to hurt nobody, and I didn't want to have to think about anything else. 
And one day sitting in the cell, I got to that point. I was like, man, you know, I could just do it right here. And they'll come in here think they finna, they finna sentence somebody, and I'll, you know, I'll be out of here. I'll be done. You know, I, I don't have to stay here. But then the reality kicked in. It was like, man, you know, is it? I mean, if you don't give up like that, you know, you don't just give up. I'm not, I'm not, I don't give up on anything too easy. It takes a lot for me to give up. So that stubborn part of me stepped back in and was like, nah, we ain't going to give up like that, man. We're going to beat this one. And look at me now, you know, God, with God's grace, I got out of the, out of the situation I was in, that thought, I never, I never, re, I never acted upon it, and I'm sitting right here, able to talk to somebody else about it. Absolutely, Dubs. And uh, Titan, we appreciate you calling in and again sharing that story with us. Oh, not a problem. I love y'all to death. You know that. Don't forget, but make sure you tag me in that. Oh, oh, best believe I'll, I'll have everyone tag, tagged and you know, ready to go tomorrow. Love you, bro. Yeah, we can't wait All to right. see it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was Titan tuning in from California, calling in with us this evening. Uh, we're going to swing this to uh, Dub C's area. We're going to go to Northeast Wisconsin. Northeast Wisconsin. Hello, hello. How are you? Can you tell us who you are and where you're calling from? Up in um, I'm calling from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, this is Boss Builders in the house. Hello, how are you? We're doing pretty well, but I've heard some pretty severe background noise from you. You got the TV on by any chance? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Turn the TV on. I'm calling from Green Bay, Wisconsin. This is Boss Builders in the house. Hello, how are you? We're having a little bit of problems. We're we're still having problems here. We got a lot of background noise. Oh, do I? Let me turn the volume down. Okay, I'm watching you from the computer. Yeah, uh, yeah, you probably have to turn the computer. Okay. There we go. Okay. There we go. Hi, how are you? Oh, we're doing well. We can hear you now. So uh, <laughs> welcome into the building. Uh, what are your thoughts on tonight's talk? Um, I actually have my own suicide hotline. I've ran for almost 16 years now. I do the underground suicide hotline. Um, I'm a DV advocate, so I used to work at the DV center in Shawano, Wisconsin, and I became a DV advocate, and I, always, and I also became a member of you know, doing the suicide hotline and, you know, the prevention hotline. So I have a lot of thoughts on suicide. I've been on the phone with people who have committed suicide. I have stopped people from committing suicide. So it's something that's really close to my heart. I have almost been a victim of suicide myself. And like Titan said, um, it wasn't for me. Halfway through it, I I knew that that's that's not what I wanted to do. And from then on, I knew that, you know, there's other people out there that feel the same way with me that I did. And the only thing I wanted was somebody to hear me, somebody to listen to me, somebody to know what I was feeling, the pain I was feeling, to somebody to hug me, to help me through it, you know. And you got to dig down within yourself to sometimes find the strength to pull yourself out of a situation like that. But not everybody is fortunate to have that strength to do that. So 
you, you know, it's always good to have a kind ear or pay attention to something out of the ordinary, especially when dealing with children and young youth. You know, you, you really got to pay attention to something that you think is out of the ordinary. It probably is. And address that. That's all that sometimes you think you're being nosy, but you're really not. People really do want you to ask them, what's wrong? You know, how are you feeling today? And, you know, like people, like Dub said, in the morning when you wake up, say good morning. You just don't know how many people you might help that day just by saying that one word. Absolutely. Um, Ms. Benita? I really appreciate her sharing that with us. It has given me the thought of when I work with the children, how studies have said that nine out of ten times it's just a cry for attention. And mm-hmm. and that tenth time, so we have put together a whole list of different protocols that we absolutely must follow because we never know when it's going to be that tenth time. But I mm-hmm. never even considered the fact that giving a hug or a conversation or a good morning could be as helpful and useful as um as it actually is. I don't I don't let it get to a tenth time with me. The first time I feel a feeling in my in me that something is different with somebody, I grasp it right away. Because that that tenth time may never come. It might be that first time. So, you know, you, you really just gotta pay attention to somebody and you know, their needs and their feelings because, you know, there is not everybody out here doesn't have somebody, you know, and especially this time of year, you, you really got to take aside your own things that you go through. Just step aside from them for a minute and take the time to listen to somebody else, to get to know something else or somebody else is going through something, you know. It's very mm-hmm. important, mm-hmm. very important. And I'm nosy, and I tell everybody I'm nosy. If something isn't right with you, I'm, I'm going to ask you about it. And I don't care if you tell me, ah, it's none of your business. It might not be, but I noticed that something wasn't right, and it might be that time that, you know, I might have been just my nosiness paid off, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Dub sees. Yeah. Uh, first off, I'd like to thank you for calling in. Um, this is actually a friend of mine. I've known her for, I mean, what, 15, 16 years now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, um, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot. I, I mean, she from, she's from, she around Green Bay. She's seen basically the same things I've been seeing in Green Bay and, and that's going on now. So, you know, the fact that, I mean, I know different parts of her that other people don't know. A lot of people don't know that she, she, she worked with, um, Suicide Hotline. They just, you know, people just know her, but they don't know her. So exactly. Her getting mm-hmm. on here sharing these things, just like a lot of people didn't know that I, you know, that I was a QPR. They didn't. I don't even. I don't talk about those things because I just. If once you say that, people expect so much. So you just be yourself, and, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it comes out when needed. But um, I really appreciate the fact that you calling and sharing the stories and everything. And I know, I know for a fact that. She sits up late at night, you know, talking to people on the suicide line, you know, and a lot of times. But sometimes she called me and she was like, oh, I'm working the line. I got to, you know, I mean, so, I mean, I just commend you and keep doing what you're doing, you know. Don't let nobody just hear you from what you're doing. Continue to do it because every person that you, every time somebody calls you and you and you able to, to talk to that person and calm them down, 
that's saving a life. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And that's something we got to do. We losing too many. We losing too many. Too many people. We are. We are. We're losing way too many people. But it's because people don't take the the time to to recognize their neighbor or their friend or even their own children nowadays. You know, to recognize. You know. Take that makeup off and those fancy clothes and, you know, sit back and get to know your neighbor, your friend, your your children's friend, you know, your friend's friend. Because somebody out there needs you, you know, without the facade. They just need you. They don't need nothing else, you know. So you can, you can if anybody ever has anything that they want to talk about, if they ever feel like, you know, they just can't make it, man, I've been there. Plenty of people have been there. And for every Monday, Wednesday, and every other Friday, I sit up all night and I run the Underground Hotline. And you can reach me at 920-712-8380 at any time during those hours. And even during any time after that, you can reach me. I'm always here to talk to anybody. That's what's up. Green Bay in the building. And you know what, I think I think I'm going to challenge everybody listening or anybody watching, tuning in today to, if you have that strength within you to maybe give somebody a hug or stay up late one night and just be that outlet for them to come and talk to, do that. You know, you just never know whose life you might save. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. We very much so appreciate you, you know, not only sharing that information, but sharing your stories and insight with us tonight. Oh, you guys have a blessed night. You do the same. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're coming into the final moments of our show, um, and I want to get the host's final thoughts and opinions on tonight's topic and uh, any parting words of wisdom before we close out this evening. Miss Benita? My final words or final thoughts that I wanted to share was to make sure that folk understand that it could happen to anybody, anytime, in any place, regardless of a lot of different things, race, sex, gender, sexual orientation, even age. I happen to work with children and have had to deal with suicidal ideation. That's just the thought of it um, as early as five years old. And it comes in a lot of different forms. You know, they'll write little, like they may draw a picture of themselves um, being shot or they'll draw a picture of themselves falling out of a building or they'll say things like, you know, I don't want to be here. And another part of suicide is like um, maybe not necessarily actually doing harm to themselves but putting themselves in situations where they will allow harm to happen to them. So say, for instance, um, stepping in front of a bus or or um, hanging out or risky behaviors when you know and you'll maybe say um, last six months prior, you might have been telling everybody, don't do that, that's bad for you, and now all of a sudden they're doing it heavily. It, that also can be seen can be perceived as and can be utilized as a form of suicide. So those are my final thoughts. Just keep in mind um, those things and at least read. If you don't do anything else, um, Dub, if you're listening to this broadcast through Dub's 
um, Facebook Live, then up underneath there, I have posted some websites for signs, warning signs. If you don't do anything else, just Google it or go to the website that I've suggested and read warning signs so that if you see one of your friends or family members in trouble, then you can at least say, hey, maybe you could go talk to somebody about that. All right. Thanks, family. Dubs. I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely, Ms. Benita. Dub C's. Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to thank uh, everybody that um, tuned in on the Facebook Live. I'd like to thank you all for um, checking in with us this week on Hot Topic Tuesday. Um, we were discussing suicide, um, the prevention, the signs, awareness, and just everything, anything to do with it, you know, knowing the signs. So, once again, I salute you, and I tip my hat to you all for taking the time out of your, um, your busy schedule to um, share this um, this hour with us. But um, my thought, what I got, you know, I still, I still, I'm still a firm believer that what you say can deter a person or can change a person's mind because not everybody that get up has somebody to say, good morning, how you doing, or shaking their hand or something like that, you know. So you know, everybody, every everybody, everybody, do me that favor. You know, you don't. I don't care. I don't. When I, I get up to go to work at three, four, five in the morning, I get in the car. You may not even believe because everybody don't see this part of me. But first thing I do when I pull off, I'm praying while I'm while I'm driving because up here in Florida, just starting your car could be an accident. It's, it's, it's crazy. So I pray. By the time I get to the corner, I'm done praying. When I turn the corner, I go on Facebook Live because the first thing I want to do is I want to be able to save somebody's life. So I say good morning to who's ever I'm um, viewing, you know. I just want to say good morning, you know. And so I, I challenge and I encourage everybody to, to try that. You just every morning say good morning to somebody that you normally wouldn't, not somebody, you know, that you every morning go, hey, good morning. I'm like, no. Do it to a stranger, you know, just walk past a stranger and say, hey, how you doing? You know, a, a friendly smile, you know, instead of mean mugging somebody. Because that one friendly smile just may be the thing to keep that person from going over. And, I mean, like once again, i like to thank everybody that tuned in on Facebook Live because Matt's about to give us his thoughts, and after that we'll be signing off. So y'all continue to um, watch in every other Tuesday with myself, Dub C's, Max Fasia and Bonita Offset, and we're going to be bringing y'all some hot topics every other Tuesday. So y'all just stay tuned, listen to Matt, and then we'll be out of here. Yeah, my dear lovely souls, um, first of all, I want you all to realize that that is exactly what you are, lovely souls, and the expression of individuality that one human can intrinsically possess is worth preserving. And that's something that I want you all to take with you, that Suicide does not end it getting worse. It prevents it from ever getting better. And there are people to talk to. There are organizations that are there to help you. There are people standing by all over this country that are legitimately there to help if you need to talk to your friends, talk to families. The worst thing you can do is be silent because you don't have to face this alone. So my final thoughts are there are people with you and you are worth preserving. So with that, in the words of our departed sister, peace and love. Peace and love. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.